I've what's the I've been told that Dan has a word that he says. Oh is yeah, it it's, orgasm. It's climax. Climax. <laughs> I don't even know how. Oh, because that one why game Dan, we were playing. Why does why does why Dan, Dan climax? climax? <laughs> it's called. There's this game I've never heard of called Bayonetta Two, and apparently there was a Bayonetta One, but it's like you're this chick and she is like she's like really <laughs> super tall and like sexy, but she wears glasses and has like short hair. I don't know it's really weird. Like it. Because it looks weird with the glasses because she's like punching people and fighting. I'd be like, your glasses would fall off. But anyway, that's, 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 the, that's the part that's too yeah. much for you. Yeah, but her like, well, no, here's the thing is like her hair is like weapons. And then <laughs> when she's fighting, it's like you're getting the climax and then it'll be like giant climax or whatever. It's called that in the game. Yeah. It, it, yeah, and then at the very end when you like defeat the demon or whatever, like she'll just be fucking naked and it's like boobs. Ta- like I saw her taint and I was like, whoa. <laughs> oh, that's Ooh, and, awesome. And it I was like chicks had taints. It was but... weird. And I was like, okay. So then Dan, I don't know how it started, but then it was just him whispering climax. Oh, so you don't even say it, you whisper it. You know what it was is I was like trying to figure out the game. Oh yeah, so you were like, oh, this trouble. giant climax. Then, like, no. like a quick time. You have to hit the button in time, and it says climax. I'm like, oh, climax. You do have to hit the button in time. Yeah, you do. Time it right. What's up, chicks, dicks, and everything in between? I'm Lindsay. And I'm Sapita. And you're listening to Two Salty Broads, so get ready for our Scalty <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> what the fuck? Like, like salty, but... Ska? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I know, we're off to, we're off to a bang-up start. <laughs> so if you, much like Sapita, are sitting here wondering, what the fuck? <laughs> Allow me to get rid of the tension and the mystery. We are here with the wonderful, the incomparable Talina Chikami from Bite Me Bambi. Whoa, 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 whoa. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having pick me. Pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. <laughs> Very ska. It's like you're wearing a fedora. Oh my God, please don't say that. I feel like I've just been insulted on a very deep level. I actually really hate fedoras. Do you really? Yeah, like I do. I don't know what it is. And I know ska kids like them. Not so much. I feel like that sort of faded out. That Thank was God. like a 90s thing where people were. I mean, sometimes you see like a lingering fedora in the crowd. I know. But they won't go away. Shit, it's like glitter. I have a fedora. Never wear it <laughs> okay. around me. Never. <laughs> I will skewer it and burn it. <laughs> I, it's, yeah, Damn. I know. I don't like them. I don't know what it is. I feel that way about uh, newsboy caps too. I don't know. You why. mean like P- also very ska that I know. often is worn to. You should never <laughs> go to a ska be, show. Let it be known though, I love ska. I love to get out there and skank with the best of them, but I don't wear ska kid clothes, I guess. I don't know. Although I do rock a checkered shirt every once in a while. See that you're halfway there. Halfway yeah. there. And I do, for the record, I do own a Bite Me Bambi shirt with your face well, on it. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> It actually has uh, Sound Guy Dan's face on it, too, because fun fact, he is the drummer for Bite Me Bambi. I know. Shocker. He does so something other than Talina, this I know. You have to deal with Dan all the time like we do. I do. Quite often, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so we wanted to take the time to spotlight you because uh, for anybody in the ska scene, they know that Bite Me Bambi's pretty kick-ass. Mm-hmm. I mean... And I'm not just saying that because, you know, we're friends with the drummer and, and that you're awesome. You guys just legit are a good ass band. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And right out of the gate, I kind of was like, oh, wow, because Dan was in like 100 bands. And Dan is sh- still in 100 bands. Well, yeah, he is. He is. <laughs> and, but bands. like out of all of them, I was like, whoa, like Bite this one is, is going places because you guys just have a really good chemistry and a really yeah. good energy. Thank you. And yeah. you guys write really funny, awesome songs, which is very true to <laughs> ska. I think you guys kind of mm-hmm. hit that nail on the head. Um, so yeah. how long have you been a performer? And that doesn't even necessarily mean in the confines of Bite Me Bambi. That could just mean how long have you been Well, uh, I always say that God only gave me one gift and it was charisma. So I've been a ham (laughs) my entire life. No, um, I started like actually performing when I was like nine. I started doing children's theater. Oh boy. What was your like first theater 
I foray. was in a production of Guys and Dolls, and I was in the ensemble, mm. and I Dang. was nine and horrible. <laughs> um, and the director told me later that he only cast me because I was cute. Um. Yeesh. So thanks, I guess. Not in like a weird <laughs> oh, way, and okay. like a no, like a child, <laughs> like, like oh, you're a cute okay. kid way. Um. Yeah. Sorry, that had <laughs> I, I sh- did not I, give good context. Um. <laughs> so I did that, and then I did like college theater as a child, and then mm. I did like uh, civic light operas and things like that. And then when I was fifteen, I started doing television and film. So then I did that until I was like 25. Like I did that. Can we talk about that for a second? Because Dan showed us a video um, Uh and like, honestly, (laughs) it had, I had never put it together. I wouldn't have known if Dan hadn't pointed out, but your ass was in a episode of Parks and Rec. My ass was, uh, and my face, but mostly my ass. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I was, which is really cool. That was uh, one of the highlights of my acting career. Was it fun? Was was that cast fun? Because they are hilarious on the show, but in person, were they fun to work with? Yeah, everybody was super nice. And the cool thing was that Amy Poehler directed that episode. So oh, I got, nice. she. I wasn't in any scenes with her, but I got to work with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was very nice. I walked to set and I was like so nervous about meeting her because I was so excited. <laughs> yeah. And I don't normally like give a shit, but she was somebody I was really excited to meet. And then I was just walking and they were like, oh, Talina. And I turned and she was like, oh, hey, um, I'm Amy. Nice to meet you. And then like she sort of like took the like, weirdness out of it which was very cool um Aubrey Plaza is also incredibly nice she saved me I made like we did a take and I made a weird face it was the wrong face sometimes I'm bad at making the right face I know that sounds (laughs) stupid um especially as an actor and I was like oh I messed up that looks so fucked up and they were just gonna keep going because they don't give a shit what I do and Mm. she goes like hey um I messed up can we go again and they were like, of course, of course, because she's the star or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so that was really nice of her. I will always be very grateful that she did that because they would have used a take where I made a weird face. Um, so, yeah, but they were all really nice. Everyone I met there was very cool. That's really cool. I know. Um, but, like, so you're the vocalist of Bite Me Bambi. Have you been singing as well? Like, Yeah, so when I was a kid, I, I did voice lessons, mm-hmm. and I did that from, like, the time I was 10 till I was probably, I don't know, 20. Um, so I did that. And um, I started my first band when I was 18, which is pretty late. Most people start a lot younger. That's also when I started learning to play the guitar. Um, And so then I was in that band until I was 24, 25. And then uh, we started Bite Me Bambi. So, yeah. Okay. How old is Bite Me Bambi? (laughs) Is she old enough to walk yet? Great (laughs) question. When did we start? 2018? It's weird because of the pandemic, mm. but I think we started in 2018, which what's that like? Five, what is that? F- two, five years now? Jesus. Wow. That's scary. So you had two years of pre-pandemic Bite Me Bambi and then. Yeah. Well, we like, started in July okay. too of 2018. And wow. so, yeah. And then it was pretty quickly pandemic time. So that was real fun. Was <laughs> the genesis of Bite Me Bambi, was it just kind of like the right combination of like people in the right place at the right time. You guys were all in other bands and then meeting each other in that scene and being like, Hey, we should collaborate on something. Or did you guys have to go actively seek out uh, like a new project? I mean, cause you guys were all in other bands at the time. Yeah. So it co- sort of coincided. I was leaving my old band karate in the garage. Um, I wanted to do more ska karate in the garage was more of a punk band. Mm. And then, um, Brian Mashburn, who um, plays guitar in Bite Me Bambi, uh, his band Starpool, a couple other people are in Starpool. Dan has played in Starpool before. Um, (laughs) Starpool was sort of going on hiatus, so it sort of worked out. He and I had wanted to write together for a really long time, but it just hadn't happened. So we were like, okay, let's just start writing songs. And he originally wanted to write songs um, to just give to me and not be involved at all. Oh, um, and then I was like, come on, man, mm. like you should be in this band. And uh, after a lot of convincing, and he finally agreed to be in the band. So and then we just sort of started filling in all the other pieces. Um, our bass player, Ryan Brown, um, we knew each other through mutual friends. Um, and so he signed on really early. Uh, Dan, I think you were also pretty early, too, because mm. um, Dan had been playing with Brian Mashburn and um, T-Bone and other projects. Um, T-Bone and Brian Mashburn, our trombone player T-Bone, they go everywhere as a pair. So they came together. (laughs) And then our sax player Kyle, he was also in Starpool. That's where he came from. And then Mike, our keyboard player, actually auditioned to play guitar when 
Brian Mashburn didn't want to be in the band. Oh. Um, and then um, we were like, hey, why don't you just play the keys? Because you know how to do that. <laughs> and he was like, sounds great. So that's sort of how we rounded it out um, and then started working together. But yeah, a lot of the music was written, I think, before right before people got mm. involved in the project. We'd written a pretty good amount of music. So, yeah. So the, the music that you guys wrote was pre-assembly I guess in the beginning yeah in the beginning how have things been going since you guys have been together it's an, it's an interesting songwriting process because Brian Mashburn is a really prolific songwriter in my opinion I mean he kind of formed he's a big part of forming the third wave ska sound he was mm-hmm. in the band Safe Ferris he was the main songwriter in Safe Ferris and the guitar player so he just like has loads and loads and loads of songs um, I always joke that it's like paint by numbers. Like he goes like, now you help me write this part. And I'm like, okay. I mean, some of the songs like, like hot lava, I had written, um, some of that on my, own. I, I write choruses and then I sort of like, mm, especially bridges. I'm like, I don't know what to put here. Guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm like guitar solo. Um, but so we still kind of Brian Mashburn has a lot of songs that he's just like writes mm-hmm. on his own. And then maybe I'll come in and help him do some lyrics or maybe I have a chorus or something like that. And then, then Mashroom will like demo the whole thing out, all the parts. And then from there, everybody sort of can like hear what he did and sort of put their own spin on it or, or different things like that. So um, it's that, like, yeah, it's, mm. I know it's hard with seven people in a band for everybody to sit down and like try to write a song mm-hmm. together. We've done some arrangements like that, which I, some of I think our strongest covers were arranged that way. Oh, nice. Um, everyone working together. Um, I love when I try to tell Dan what to play on the drums. <laughs> I'm like, you know, like a, he's like, what? I'm like, yeah, you know what I'm talking about? I'm like, like Sublime, you know. He's like, what are you talking about? Um, but uh, yeah, so I like when we get to do that, but with seven people, it's just hard for mm. everyone to sit down and work together. And we don't have a lot of time. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that's true. You're trying to balance seven different schedules and lives. Mm. Yeah. And- you guys stream on top of doing shows yes, and three days a week on Twitch, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are hustling. Well, I mean, you have to compete for people's attention in this world. Mm-hmm. Everything is like short attention spans now. Mm-hmm. So we just try to like always have something new or else people forget. Like we learned early on that if you release a full album versus just one song, you get the same amount of traction online. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we just release all of our songs one at a time. Every single one has a music video. And then in the end, we put it all on an album and we press it on vinyl. So. Wow. And ha- you've seen that be more successful? Yeah, just because you have to always have something new or people mm-hmm. forget about you. You're not being interesting. You have to have a show. You have to have a Twitch stream. You have to have a TikTok challenge where you're getting slapped in the face with a tortilla. <laughs> and you just like, oh, it's always something. And like mm-hmm. we had to like, we've had to hire people to help us because mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't have time to come up with all these like weird things to do on the internet. Yeah. So like we started like having people help us because it just, it's crazy. You have to be everything all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it can get really expensive <laughs> and difficult. Um, yeah. But it's fun, you know. <laughs> I mean, we haven't gotten as far as slapping tortillas and faces, although it's now number one. At my, yeah, yeah, it's on my list, and I want nothing more than to slap Sapita in the face with I'm, a whole wheat tortilla. I love that Dan will have to get slapped in tw- two different videos with a tortilla. Like, you guys will do one, and, like, Bambi oh, yeah. will do one. And Dan's just like, we can duet each other on TikTok. Isn't that what the kids say? Like, duet? of just... Dan, like, oh my we'll gosh. do one, then you duet it. I would another, love that. Of just slapping Dan in the face. What if it's just a slap Dan in the face challenge? You know what? <laughs> I kind of like that. I'm digging it. We could have like a Let's like a it. wheel of death, and it could be a tortilla, <laughs> it could be a hand, it could be a fly swatter. What's Dan gonna get hit with? Fresh fish. <laughs> Fresh fish. Ooh, there you go. <laughs> he's like walking away now. Yeah, he's like, I have he's to go. Change my right now. feet. <laughs> like, bye. Okay, so. So you said that Karate in the Garage was primarily punk, which is super sick, um, and you wanted to transition into ska, Mm -hmm. but why? That's a really good question. No, uh, yeah, why? (laughs) Why join a band with seven, like six other people and, you know, no. Um, I grew up in a house that listened to a lot of ska music. Mm -hmm. My dad was like a rude boy. He like, you know... Mm -hmm 
was a mod, wore a suit to free in high school, all That's that shit. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> so I grew up listening to a lot of like two-tone ska and a lot of third wave ska because my parents were like, uh, my parents were pretty young when they had me. They were like 25. So they were still listening to like No Doubt and Goldfinger and things like that. So I kind of grew up listening to all that. And that was the music I liked playing. And in Southern California, there's like a pretty mm-hmm. healthy ska scene. So my band, Karate in the Garage, had some ska influence. We had been told early on to drop the ska. It would t- get us nowhere. Don't do that. But we kept a little bit. And then we started playing ska shows just because they needed people to play shows, I guess. <laughs> um, and so the first ska show I ever played, Dan played. Uh, it was the Pocketeers played. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. You just unlocked it. Did you not oh, know that? Look at his face. It was oh. like a Smelvis uh, show at D. Piazza's and the Survey Says headlined. Um, who else was on that code name? Uh, yeah, <laughs> we played. I find the flyer. We played a show together. Uh, Nate Funk. No, no, it was Two Tone Boners. It, he wasn't on his solo what a name. Two Tone. Yeah, Two Tone Boners. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, we were playing in the ska scene, and like the crowds are fun at ska shows, and so people fun. are happy yeah. and having a good time. And like a punk, like is just like crusty dudes like running in a circle. I mean, nothing <laughs> wrong with it. You do you. But I was like, this is like fun. This is where like cool people mm-hmm. are. Like. I love this. So um, then I started, as we got to know more and more people in the scene, I was like, yeah, I want to play ska music. Like, that's cool. So um, I just started trying to put feelers out there being like, who wants to be in my ska band? (laughs) (laughs) So do you feel like because ska may not be as popular, like you guys are kind of working an uphill battle just to get people to to take a chance? Because you guys are really, really good. Thank you. And I'll I'll say she really likes ska. I don't really listen to a whole lot of ska. And, you know, because Dan's in Bite Me Bambi, I, I started playing it. And, like, I'll be doing the dishes and I'll be listening to, to your songs. And I'm like, this is really good. I think a lot of people who don't even typically listen to ska would really appreciate what Bite Me Bambi is doing. Thanks. Yeah, I we try to appeal to a wider audience and we try to have, like, a really fun live show. That's something we really strive for. I think... It's weird. The music industry is so strange now because like record labels are kind of obsolete. They kind of don't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, they gave everybody like really bad deals in the early 2000s. They were called um, 360 deals, which is they took money from like every single thing you did. Uh, your records, your merch, your ticket sales. Mm-hmm. They got money off of all that. And it's sort of... <clears throat> With streaming and everything, it just sort of killed the industry. I mean, like, you have to get an insane amount of streams to make any money. <laughs> so um, they, I saw, like, a meme, and it was, like, one T-shirt that you buy at a concert is worth, like, 15,000 streams or something on Spotify. Like, there's just – they don't wow. pay for music wow. usage anymore. So um, I think now there is a pop culture and, like, a – like a popular music, quote unquote, I guess mm-hmm. I would put like Harry Styles in that category mm-hmm. or Machine Gun Kelly or Taylor Swift, right? But on because of the internet, you can be in a subculture and find all the people who like the same thing you do mm-hmm. and all be in it together online. So yeah, sometimes it's an uphill battle to like try to get a wider recognition, mm-hmm. but like we're just like, hey, let's play for people who like ska music. And mm-hmm. so you you have a targeted audience and you can see with analytics, you can see where your fans are. That's where you tour. That's what, you know, things like that. So I think that's been really cool. And you can collaborate with bands from all over the world, you know, because Mm -hmm. of the internet and stuff like that. So I think, Will ska ever like hit mainstream again? I don't know. I I don't play it for that. I always say like people Mm -hmm. who play ska, like they don't play it because they think it's cool. Like they play it because they like it, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So... (laughs) We'll see. I mean, like the interrupters, they were being played on the radio pre-pandemic mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So eh, maybe maybe there will be more interest. I think people think there's more interest. I see a lot of like <laughs> people trying to like jump on that bandwagon. And I'm like, OK, I guess like <laughs> but, you know, I'll be here when nobody gives a shit about it. Mm-hmm. Be here, you know, it doesn't matter. I, I just like playing it. It's yeah. I think that's awesome because yeah. it seems like in general, because yeah, yes, the interrupters they were on the radio pre. You said pre-pandemic, but it seems like just even in that pre-pandemic world, we've shifted. Like it almost, and I hate to say this because I don't want it to be true, but like it feels like rock and roll is 
in all versions of that. So, you know, regular rock or metal or ska or whatever, it's dying in the realms of like regular traditional radio. I I don't know if you guys have ever like switched through stations, even like the rock yeah. quote quote channels, except for like the classic rock channels they don't really play rock like any new rock no and i'm curious i mean this is a little like very regionally specific but like k-rock which is mm -hmm. a huge station here in southern california they got their old programming director back from the 90s oh, they did yeah Ooh. and so i'm curious hey, hey. like what's going to happen with that um i mean there's the whole machine gun kelly avril lavigne travis barker like mm -hmm. they're kind mm -hmm. of trying to bring back mm -hmm. That sort of thing. But I don't know. I mean, everything sort of is cyclical, right? Things die. Mm -hmm. And then you just sort of have to morph and like try to make something new that's influenced. You know, like I'm hearing a lot of people combining hip hop and like rock and stuff like that, mm -hmm. which is kind of cool and, and you know, stuff like that. So I think it's just, I don't know. It's weird too because you have like the nostalgia tours going. Yeah. So like, I don't know, a couple years ago it was all like 90s tours. So like every 90s ska band mm -hmm. was touring and making really good money playing these nostalgia festivals. Mm -hmm. And they do like 80s, like Cruel World or whatever here locally. And then now I'm seeing like when we were young fest in mm -hmm. Vegas is all like early 2000s. And like emo is making a comeback. Mm -hmm. There's a ska band, mm -hmm. We Are the Union. They were also yeah. an emo band originally. So like they're kind of like, oh yeah, remember emo? Like they're doing that whole thing. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't mean that disrespectfully, but just like no. that's their thing. And now that's falling into favor. So people are like, oh, yeah, emo. I don't know. It's really strange. Like it's. Yeah. But the I think. Wave. Yeah. And I think you're right of just like rock music. I mean, it was it was bound to die. Like, you know what I mean? Everything does. Everything does. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. no one's like jazz. People who like jazz are listening to jazz. But no, but it used to be like, oh, we're going down to the jazz club. Like, <laughs> you know, and that was like the big thing or, or mm -hmm. whatever. So. But that's why I think the internet is cool, is that you can just find people mm -hmm. who like the thing you like. Like, we get played on ska internet radio shows. Even some mainstream... That's why I laugh, too. Like, we got played on, like, mainstream radio in Australia, and, like, it didn't matter. Like, nobody cares. Fuck no. <laughs> fuck no. That matters. Yeah, that's, that's, that's sick as hell. You didn't know that? Yeah, we were played on, like, the K-Rock of, like, Sydney, Australia. Holy shit. That's yeah. super cool. And, like, we... But, but, but we got the most views and interest from being high on a Reddit board. Like, that's where yeah. it's just, like, weird now. Like, you're just like, what? So it's non-traditional metrics for success, I guess, mm -hmm. now. You know, when you said that, that's, like, really true because a an artist that you and I like, Amigo the Devil, mm -hmm. I heard about him on Reddit. That's true. She like, texted me and was like, this guy on Reddit, he's so good. I'm like, what the fuck? So on Reddit? Really, that's what you, I mean, you guys are, you're in it, right? Like, Yeah, that's, that's where people find new music. TikTok, like, it's just, it's strange how that happens. I've been seeing a lot, like, Halsey talking about how, like, they, her record label wouldn't release her album unless she had a viral TikTok moment. And, you know, Weird. everything is sort of just, like produced and created now like you just you pay an influencer to dance to your song and blah blah blah, mm -hmm. blah 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 i mean it's all just like this weird influencer culture but then you uh, smaller projects can have wider reach i mean yeah before the internet like bite no one would even know who bite me bambi would be probably like mm -hmm. we would just be like another band playing in a garage <laughs> whatever you know mm -hmm. yeah so it's 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 got its pros and its cons that's for sure well, speaking of pros and cons, so you guys started right before the pandemic and, and kind of released a lot of songs during the pandemic in the last couple of years. How do you think that has helped shape either the, the songwriting, um, you know, your music videos, how you reach your audience? Has that shaped it? It's changed it quite a bit because before the pandemic, we were scheduled to do and North American tour with uh, the Aquabats and Real Big Fish, who are both two very big ska mm -hmm. bands. Um, we were supposed to go to the UK. We were supposed to tour Australia. And we were supposed to go to a tour in Japan. Holy shit. A moment of <laughs> silence. <because laughs> I know. That is literally tragic. <laughs> I want to cry got for canceled. you. And I remember oh. we got that Fish and Bats tour. And do you remember, like, it? we were, like, 
no one was telling us if it was still happening. We're like, is this still happening? And like, nobody wanted to be the one to like pull the plug on it. So it was very like us just sitting around, like we didn't book any flights and like, we didn't go get a van, but like, are we still doing this thing? Mm -hmm. Like what's going to happen? So all that got canceled and it was very depressing for a minute. And then we sort of were like, okay, well we know YouTube and we had done like a couple music videos, I think two at that point. One of which trended on Reddit during the pandemic. So we were like, okay, well, we can make like covers. We can kind of try. We had some backlog of recording. So we would shoot music videos, but it was like very weird because like we were so, at that point, no one was vaccinated or anything. So like we would like <laughs> shoot, we would. Our director, Chris, would only write videos where we all didn't have to stand in the same room together. Mm. <laughs> so, like, that was kind of interesting. Um, so we did that. And then Chris Grau, I'll always give him the credit. He goes, hey, you guys should be on Twitch. He goes, I'm telling bands that I think would be successful at this to do it. I think you should do it. And I was like, what is a Twitch? <laughs> and he was like, uh, it's like public access television. And I was like, what? So basically, you can go on Twitch and do anything. For those who don't know, it was originally made for streaming video games, right? You watch people play video games, you type in the chat, they answer you back in real time. Um, so, like, we, I was like, okay, so what are we going to do on this? And it's very informal. That was the thing I had to learn, too. Originally, I was like, okay, I'll plan out a whole thing. But it's incredibly <laughs> informal, and you just, like, hang out with people. And they chat, talk to you, and you talk back, and, you know, and we just dove in. And you had to learn, like, a whole new culture in a way i mean there's like bits and subs and there's still shit i'm like i don't know what this means we (laughs) got people to be moderators because i didn't know so like now they do that part i'm like cool thank you i don't know what that means (laughs) you know or people would be like how do i subscribe to your channel with with amazon prime because you get a free one i I would be like i'm sorry i don't i don't know (laughs) (laughs) just so horrible but we really dove into twitch and it's sort of become like our our thing our calling card now like that we're known as the band that does twitch three times a week um that's so fucking awesome, yeah that's though. kick yeah. ass it was a it saved us in the pandemic honestly it was a way to continue to make money to like pay for recordings and videos and things it was a way to like reach new people um and we sort of created this really cool like family we call mm-hmm. them the bambinos um Aww. and so we just like i don't know like when we played in chicago it's a really good example we played in chicago um, like, I don't know, 10 Bambinos just flew out and they all went on vacation together and they flew to Chicago to see us play and then they just hung out in Chicago and okay, everyone's... Well, that's adorable. Yeah, like, people just do stuff where they fly in. We do our big show every summer called The Summer Sizzler. <laughs> Everybody, you know, flies in from out of town. This year we're going to an Angels game and then we're going to play the show and then, you know, we do, like, a brewery meetup and, I don't know, everyone just, like, hangs out and it's, it's super fun. So it's, like, and- a cool community of people. When they get to watch you on Twitch, I mean, even if they don't participate in the community, it probably creates a much more dedicated fan in general because they get to feel like they know you. They know Talina. They, they know, know Dan. They, you know, they much. know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it develops that relationship. It's, I don't know, you get like this deeper connection versus just listening to the music and being a fan. It's like you guys have your own little reality TV show and everybody gets to. Oh, yeah. I have like no filter on there anymore. Like the, some of the shit I say, I'm like, oh god, my grandma watches this. <laughs> I was like, like the other day, I was like, well, like I've made out like with multiple people at one time in a room, but never making out with somebody. Like just like stupid shit like that, and I just say it on the internet, and then I'm like, oh my god, people watch this. <laughs> you forget. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's it's cool. You're right. You sort of just become like friends with these people, and they get to know you and. It's cool, too, because, like, if you subscribe to us on Twitch, which, like, costs, like, a small amount every month, you when we make a new song, like, you get to hear it first. Mm-hmm. Or we'll ask, like, hey, what do you guys want to see? Like, what kind of merchandise do you think we should make? Or it's, like, really collaborative. And mm-hmm. my favorite is when people... Um, in the chat on Twitch will be like, hey, we did it or something like that. Our wins, they feel and it really it is their wins, too. Like they're helping us propel forward. So it's cool to see like everybody get excited together, mm-hmm. you know, when something cool happens and and, I don't know, it's, it's, and be there for people when not cool things happen. I mean, we've had people lose family members, lose jobs, you know, and everyone just like is there for 
each other. It's mm-hmm. it's a cool community. I feel really ble- hashtag blessed. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's freaking awesome. Yeah, we don't uh, my th- and that's inspiring. My only familiarity with Twitch, and I told Sapita that we needed to do this was to be one of those hot tub girls. <laughs> oh my god. I wanted to do that. I thought hey, it would be so really? funny if we did it. We're going to do a follow up to this but and we'll the, all get in a hot tub. The problem is you can only wear a bikini if you're in a pool or a hot tub. That's you like the rule just, on Twitch. You can't just wear one to stream. So that's why they started hot tub streamers. It's the same thing as like they made it where like I guess there were male gaming streamers. Like a lot of times you'd be like, oh, if you donate X amount of money, like on our stream, if you donate $30 to our PayPal, one of us will drink a Smirnoff ice very, very quickly. <laughs> Don't ask why. That's just a thing. <laughs> so like male streamers would be like, oh, I'm hot. Like if you donate this much money, I'll take my shirt off and I'll play mm. without a shirt on. Mm-hmm. And I guess Twitch was like, no nipples for anybody. So like not even man you, nipples. No. So like Whoa. now everyone has to wear a shirt. Like there's like they come up with all these like weird rules. Oh. And now like a shirt or can you put like a little like booty like pasties tassels? or yeah. something. Yeah. You know that I'm not sure of. I mean, okay. we can try and see if yeah, we get yeah. in trouble. Uh, we are going to be doing a 20 24-hour stream uh, when we release our album. So that seems like something for the three in the morning hour. Yeah. Yeah, you guys just want to come sure. on and we'll just like wear tassels and just see what Let's happens. I'm in there like swimwear. Yeah. I, or no swimwear. <laughs> or, yeah. I'm in there like nipple tassels. <laughs> just like cool. It'll it's, it'll seem like a good idea at three in the morning, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, and then when your viewers peak at 3 a.m., uh, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the most bits we've ever received. <laughs> because <laughs> they trying to see our bits man yeah. that's how that works i did once tell like i was like take it off and like everyone in the chat got all angry but i was like sir you can't afford the amount of money it would cost yeah <laughs> although i am still i still haven't done that i did say when we got 750 followers i would stream in a hooters outfit it's nice again, a long nice. story of when i used to be a hooters girl did you uh for three hmm. days when i was 16 years old um anyway <laughs> Whoa, 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 We gotta just gloss over that like it didn't happen, or what? I w- I tried to get a job at many places, Build a Bear being one of them. No one would hire me because I wasn't eighteen. I walked into Hooters, I got hired on the spot at sixteen. At sixteen, um, I was a, a host, which I loved because all you would say is "Hi, uh, welcome to Hooters. Have a seat wherever you like." That's the most cush job ever. Are you kidding? And then me? I would run food. Um, right. I got mono from touching glassware and then touching my face. Oh, you can get oh, mono that way. That's not and right. And so then I got super ill, and then I just like I'm not going back. So I worked there for three days. Whoa! Yeah. So remind me to never go into a Hooters, or if I do, don't touch the glass. <laughs> or maybe it was like used. Well, yeah, it was used yeah. glassware. Oh, was used yeah, glassware. like I was oh. like bussing tables, and I've just was. I, you oh. never think of this is a pre. Pre-pandemic, right. no one yeah. thinks about that no. shit. You just bust the tables. Right. Um, yeah, so I I said I would do a stream in a Hooters outfit. I bought the Hooters outfit. Um, and it's and just I waiting there. Come on, guys. Well, we got to get to I was 750. Gonna, no, we did it already. Oh. I just was like, oh, I'll only play songs about chicken. And I just haven't had time to <laughs> learn a lot of songs about chicken on the guitar. So <laughs> that's kind of the. Are there not very? I don't imagine well, there to be that many. I do know one song about chicken that that German KFC song. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, there's like they took me to Oktoberfest, and apparently one of the more popular songs is about oh the KFC. chicken dance. No, 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 no. I wish well, it was yeah, that there song. Is the, there is a chicken dance too, yeah. but there's a song that's legit about KFC. Oh, I don't understand it. I that seems like that'd be more of a Japanese thing, but okay. I don't even know where it started. Because <laughs> um, like Japanese people love KFC. Do they? They, they do. eat it as their Christmas dinner. That was like a marketing no thing. Way. Yeah. KFC was like when they started celebrating Christmas in Japan post World War II. KFC saw an opportunity. And they were like, you know what you eat on Christmas? <laughs> KFC. And what so now hell? people like yeah. pre-order their meals. Like when you're in like Japan, there's just like statues of Colonel Sanders. Like they make like, like how you, <laughs> oh know, you know, like the Ronald McDonald, yeah. like that stands out in front of the McDonald. Yeah. Like they do like Colonel Sanders ones, all different, like all over like Tokyo and stuff. Yeah. Have, have you been to I have. I have been so- once. Is the KFC there? Does it slap harder than the KFC out here? Well, I'm a vegan, oh. so I did oh, not no. have any no, KFC. No, uh, but I, they're real, really into it there. They, they love it. It's huh. Christmas dinner. So 
Maybe that song is Japanese then. We don't know. All I know is it goes like, it's like McDonald's, McDonald's, McDonald's Kentucky it. Fried Chicken and a Pizza Oh, hut. yeah. That's yeah. like what you do on like a band trip. And so like what? my friend, John Panel, wrote the song, the, um, the chicken song for the Aquabats. How's that song go? In the middle it goes, do the KFC, do the, K- whatever, do the Pizza Hut. It's like, yeah. it steals from that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It was that's like what you sing on a yeah. That's like what you sing on a like bus when you're a kid. No, you were yeah. in band. I I never heard that song in band. Never. There was no. not it's like a, a church camp of, thing. See, but then you're like and Jesus at the end or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, there wasn't a whole lot of singing on the band bus. There were other noises, ah. but not singing. Uh, what did you play in band? I did not. I was in color guard. Oh, very nice. Can yeah. you like flip a gun? Or Probably whatever? not anymore. Yeah. But uh, once upon a time, I could. But I'm sure that's I what could. we're gonna do on Twitch. We're gonna put you outside and we're gonna make you twirl Try guns. S- yeah. Okay. I, I went to my first high school football <laughs> game uh, in December of this last year. Really? First ever? Yeah, I was All homeschooled. Right. Um, oh. so <laughs> <laughs> I went to a. <laughs> A football game, and they had this, like, huge halftime show, and I was like, I want to see this halftime show. We were, like, in the South, too, so it was like, I was like, oh, yeah, it was so just a big deal. Sense. Yeah, and they did this whole thing that was, like, chaos and, like, control, and they really do it. And at the very end, a girl in color guard flipped the rifle and reached out, and she missed it. And then she just <gasps> yep. had to stand there. And yep. I was like, girl. No. Yep. I was like, I just died of secondhand embarrassment for this child. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm a grown-ass woman. Don't laugh, but I couldn't help it. Yep. And I was like, this is so good. So, <laughs> sidebar, the worst thing that ever happened to me during a field show is I had a um, saber, which is like the, the sword. Um, Wait, you flip swords? Yeah, I flipped swords too. It was like rifle, swords, and flags. I had the the sword, and I guess I I didn't spin it properly or whatever. I think I did like a half because it went straight down into the grass. So while people are moving, <laughs> I'm trying to sh- like tug. Oh, you were sword. like doing a King Arthur <laughs> like, or whatever, yeah. <laughs> sword in the yeah. stone. Oh my god. <laughs> They shouldn't let children flip swords. I'm just going to go out on a limb so here. They're, they're, they're blunt, but like a lot of us broke limbs. I mean, we, we broke fingers. It hurts. Like that sword, after it spins like six or seven times, when it comes down. It, it, yeah. It, ouch. It, yeah. That sounds. No, no, thank you. See, I was homeschooled. I don't know about any of this high school shit. <laughs> I mean, you didn't miss anything. You know, yeah. it was like a one lame dance and a couple injuries a from couple color injuries guard. From yeah. <laughs> you didn't miss shit. Yeah. But we've gotten off topic. Oh, we sorry. Haven't. No, it's okay. I liked it. She likes to bring us back on to topic. I do. I like to stay on topic because I just, I find your story interesting and it I is. want everybody to know all the dirty sundry details of all things Bambi. <laughs> so <laughs> I'll tell him to you, baby. All right. Oh, okay. Um, what do you want to ask now? <laughs> like, now I'm like, well, now, now that everything's like, on the table. Well, I mean, boxers or like, briefs. No, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> um, so since you were homeschooled and you said that your, your parents really like ska music, like growing up, what were some of your personal musical influences? Ooh. Um, well, here's the thing. I was a very strange child. So I grew up uh, loving musical theater. That's You're in good company. So uh, I listened to a lot of musical theater. Um, my favorite band, band in quotes as a child, I guess music group, would be the Manhattan Transfer, which probably neither of you know who that is. Um, no. They, no, I they are, music playing in my head right now. They were like a four-person jazz vocalist group (laughs) and I was like obsessed as a child (laughs) and it was the first concert my parents ever took me to when I was 10 I was the youngest person there my dad was the second youngest person there dang old people music (laughs) and they like sing in four-part harmonies and they write this is even worse they write lyrics to jazz standards (laughs) what Yeah, so, <laughs> like, like snake jazz, and then they write lyrics. No, to it. no, no, no. Like, yeah. first of all, Rick and Morty's snake jazz is not a jazz standard. I don't know what a jazz standard like, is. Um, <laughs> Bird, like Birdland or um, Four Brothers, is like one of the most oh, famous okay. ones. Yeah, like they write <laughs> lyrics to it to jazz. 
to standards. jazz standards and they sing. <laughs> um, but I was very influenced by that. Um, all right, in all my right. vocals, I would say. Um, but yeah, like like my mom's favorite band's Green Day. So like okay. a lot of that kind of stuff. The Scott, like two tone Scots, so like English beat specials. Um, as I got older, I got more into like um, Fishbone and um, like Rocksteady, like, you know, that kind of stuff, like um, Desmond Decker and, and things like that. Um, but yeah, so when I was younger, it was mostly like Two Tone Scott. And then my boyfriend, when I was like 15, gave me a real big fish CD. Mm. Ah. Then I was like, what? So then I got <laughs> way into that kind of stuff. Um, uh, rancid, uh, <laughs> op ivy, you know, all that kind of good stuff. So, and then I, when my vocal lessons, I was being taught to sing jazz and blues. Mm. Okay. Mm. So right. I carry a lot of that around too, I guess. Is that something that you guys are interested in maybe meshing with? No, it's more of like my vocal delivery. Okay. Um, I think. And uh, just like the way, like, I don't know, I'm bad for always being flat, which is like me putting blue notes in. So mm. I'm being told, like, stop doing that so much. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's just more of like a personal thing. I think vocally, too, I take a lot from pink. I got into mm. pink as a teenager. So like when I was like, I'm going to be in a band, I just watched YouTube videos of like front people I really liked. Mm. So like I wear my guitar low because of Billy Joe Armstrong. I do the growl on my voice because of pink. Like I just stole. I was like, boop, 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 boop. And then <laughs> sort of made the persona. You have this like little Frankenstein rock star baby that is yes. you. <laughs> <laughs> I just sort of stole from everyone, you know. But that's what, I mean, that's like the greatest form of flattery, right? And yeah. then like if you can learn from the greats and pull things that inspire you, then. Yeah, because I just didn't know like who I was. I mean, like, you know, when you're like 18, like you don't know what you're doing. You don't yeah. know who you are, what you like. So I, do, I would do weird shit on stage. Like I would write like hashtag fuck off on my arms. Like I thought it was like really fucking cool. And I would sit tell the audience like, fuck you. Like I thought I was like real. I was really into the riot girl stuff at the time. A lot of bikini kills. So, you know. Do you think that you've kind of come into your own as an artist now or are you still in transition? Um, I think you're always learning and picking things up. Like I've gotten, um, I wouldn't say really into, but like someone played me Cardi B and now I'm like obsessed with Cardi B and like Lizzo and like mm. hip hop production and the layers of like pop hip hop production is really fascinating to me. I'm always trying to be like, why don't we have like this random sound effect in the background or whatever? <laughs> um, so I think there's a lot of that, but yeah, as far as like my stage presence goes and stuff, I feel like I kind of have sort of honed in like my persona and like the messaging I want to give off and, and stuff like that. Although sometimes I just get frantic and it all goes out the fucking window. <laughs> it's rock and roll, baby. That's it. I watch videos back. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Why? You're in the zone. I'm like standing on Dan's drums. I'm like, why did I do that? You were just in the heat of the moment. And I don't think a fan would be in the audience like, hmm. Why? Sh hmm. Hmm. You know, I don't think you're like your own worst critic and like you do something weird and you think it's weird. Everybody else is vibing. I've never looked at you guys on stage and been mm -hmm. like, well, that was fucking weird. Am I right, guys? <laughs> yeah. Like She stood on the base. Well, yeah, that's, that's because different. Dan literally looks like he's about to either sneeze or come whenever he's yeah. playing the drums. I will, yeah, I, that's true. If that you guys don't believe me, go to a Bite Me Bambi show okay. and watch the ginger in the back bang on the drums and you'll know exactly it's, what I'm talking she's, about. She's 100% right. You know man. what it is? It's because he's humming. He's humming a song is that, that isn't the one he's playing. What the fuck? Really? But but what, not what? the song we're playing. Yeah. Wh wh what the hell? Well, I, it's it's weird because I'm not really uh, like humming a song. It's literally I just like unconsciously hum. It's like. Are you uh, humming the beat that you're playing? No, you're just humming like, something. It's honestly, if I silence my drums, I'd sound demented as fuck. <laughs> so you're like uh, Mongolian throat singing in your own little <laughs> corner while everybody else is cohesively putting on a show. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's kind of like. How do you stay on, like, time? 
It's weird, right? Yeah, it's fucking weird. weird. I was like, what do you... He was like... Know, he was all like, yeah, I'm humming back here. I was like, what the yeah. fuck? You're humming. I was like, are you okay? Like, <laughs> what? Can you feel the left side of your face? And you uh, yeah. smile for me. I don't even think Dan knows a single lyric of a Bite Me Bambi song to even <laughs> sing along. <laughs> okay, he knows that line. Well, he knows some people like pancakes. Other than that, uh, not so much. No. Do you know why he knows that line? Because he is some people. Yeah, he does enjoy a pancake. A good pancake or two. Uh. <laughs> okay, well, um, now that we've talked about Dan's love of pancake and your weird humming, humming thing, thing. Yeah. I don't even know. We're going to have to explore that another day. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I keep just like... No, derailing no, the, derail the There is no... The I want to say there's a thought train, but really that train Leave went out station. of commission years yeah. ago. There's like... It's full of hobos. It's got graffiti on it. it that train is... It, it doesn't go anywhere. We're just trying to, <laughs> trying very slowly to get <laughs> to from the point finish, to yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's a fight every night. Yeah, it is. Especially when it, the, when the sun goes down, we're like little gremlins. We lose track of time yeah. and we start, things get weird. So I see the sun setting and I'm like, oh no, <laughs> oh no, we've got, we've got to do this with Delina. We've got to, she can't see what happens when the sun oh, goes I wanna down. Oh, I want to see. <laughs> You'll see it 3 a.m. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it, are there, and this is going to sound cliche and I, I don't care. And I don't even know if you've probably been at, I don't know if you've been asked this before. Is there, um, cause I, what I like about ska in general, if what I've noticed is there is such a good mix of, it feels like the misfit kids get to just have fun and just be, you know what I mean? And it seems like from what I've seen, just the bands over the years, there's always such a good mix of front men, front women, there's. Uh, women playing drums there's men playing keys there's women playing horns like just everybody does everything it seems like and that doesn't seem as true in other genres but being a front woman I'm curious is there any unique challenges to that in regard to like um having to work like twice as hard to be half as good because that happens in other industries and, and even in the music industry, I would say, but I don't know if that's true in ska because ska feels unique. But I'm only, I've only ever experienced ska and just really the music industry as like a viewer. I've never experienced the other side of it, so I don't know if that's something you've ever run into. Yeah, I mean, I think that the sexism part is just it has nothing to do with genre. I will say the cool thing about ska is well, first and foremost, we have to acknowledge it's it's black people's music. Like black people mm-hmm. invented ska. They were in in Jamaica. They were hearing radio signals from America and they were hearing R&B music and they mixed it with like their native music. And that's how we get like rock steady. Then we get ska. Then we get reggae. Then it moves to the UK. Anyway, so that's like the whole thing. And but there were a lot of women musicians in ska at that time in Jamaica Um, and then when it goes two tone and then it's like black and white people playing music together, that's in the eighties in the UK, it's all about like being anti-racist and, uh, having, you know, and same thing like anti-sexist. So like Pauline Black, like the lead singer of the selector and her whole thing was she dressed androgynous and she wore a suit and a fedora, but like she looks really good in a fedora. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I respect that. She can wear it. It's fine. (laughs) She looks fucking rad. Um, So like there was a lot of that. And then when it comes here in the third wave, I think it gets a little goofy and people like to talk shit on it, but it's uh, I think a very Southern California spin mm-hmm. and what you're referencing of like, Oh, the misfits together. That's very Southern California scossy, mm. um, which is something I love. Like you, I always say show up knowing no one leave with 10 friends. Like True. we're very open. We're very welcoming here. And I mean, uh, people are welcoming other places, but like it, on the East coast, like New York scossy and they're all like jazz musicians. Mm. They're all really good. They're really cool. Like people dressed to the nines to fucking go to a ska show in Southern California. There'll be a guy in a banana, and a suit and a guy with a puppet and like <laughs> you know like people just like are we're like wacky over here which I love but it's just you know it's a little different and and in the 90s like there was like you know bands like Hepcat and the Slackers and stuff like they're all great bands and musicians but like sometimes at their shows like their fans would get fucking cutthroat it was mm-hmm. like we're traditional ska like mm. fuck you guys and like third wave people would be like we're fucking third wave like fuck you guys and people would like fight and shit I'm like whoa um 
Which is funny because like I don't know, we're all fucking playing ska music. Yeah. What? yeah. But anyway, sorry, I'm like totally going off topic. But yes, I think um there are a lot of female musicians in ska and I think that's great. Mm-hmm. And I think especially right now with like contemporary ska music, there are more female fronted bands than not female fronted bands probably really like, yeah cat right we are the union uh flying raccoon suit um uh half past two <laughs> the band dan is in no i'm thinking uh what are they uh, from the from minnesota shit 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 what are their names come on damn von tramps the von tramps anyway there's like a ton of like female fronted ska right now, which is really cool. But as far as the sexism goes, yes. And it's not really from bands or the musicians. It's from people who work at the venues. Sorry, people who work at venues. Uh, I often get asked, uh, oh, so you're the merch girl, right? No, Oof. this is my band. Oh, um, oh, so whose girlfriend are you? Oh. No one's. <laughs> um, a lot of like, Sound guy is being shitty because they think I don't know how to run my own equipment, which I'm not the best. I will say I'm not a gearhead. Like uh, people help me out a lot, but like I know how to like fucking turn it on mm-hmm. um, and play it. And then after the show, after seeing the show, then they're like way nicer mm-hmm. and whatever. So it's kind of this like proving yourself as I've gotten um, in like uh, bigger bands. That's less of a thing because like, when you show up and you've sold the show out, like people are like, oh, they're like, oh, nice to you. <laughs> and then yeah. they know what's yeah. going on. Yeah. But I mean, sometimes it's still a thing. I got the merch girl thing recently, like a couple weeks ago at a show we play. Oh, you do the merch. I go, no, no, I'm in the band. I mean, I sell the merch too, but <laughs> just because like, who else is going to do it? Dan's good at it. Uh, <laughs> Dan does anything you ask him yeah. to really. But there, I think. <laughs> <He's> a trooper. <laughs> I think there is, and I think in other time periods it might have been a little less like that. But then mm-hmm. there's also challenges of being a front woman, and like I feel like how do I put this? Like there's a time limit of when people will still want to look at me. As bad oh. as that sounds, like I feel like I have to work out, I have to be thin, I have to be sexy, I have to like, and I wish I could be like fuck that, but like. Mm-hmm. But you know what the algorithm loves? Like girls in bathing suits. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. And that's yeah. part of the problem. And I try not to like create, like I try not to be Photoshopped a ton. I am Photoshopped though in some of our photos. <laughs> you know, I'm pale. Sometimes I'm like, please slap a little tan on there. <laughs> um, and I try not to like show myself smoking in anything or whatever. Like I just try to put out a wholesome image for girls because I think you can't be what you don't see. So Mm. I try to like go, look, you can play guitar. You can be in a band. You can do these things. You can say your, your feelings and your ideas and they're important and they should be heard. Um, But I do think that like men in bands, I think Madonna is a great example. Madonna became a joke. um, And there's no reason like she still performs and people still love her, but like who's in like a guy from that era like he can still play mm-hmm. shows forever mm-hmm. and like nobody cares or notices or comments on his appearance or whatever mm-hmm. oh, except for I guess Danny Elfman at Coachella but <laughs> um, you know I think there is a time limit or like ha- deciding when to have children mm-hmm. that's another one I'm like will people want to watch me be this after having a kid fuck yeah do people yeah. Wanna, it is badass but then like i had someone tell me like no one wants to hear songs about your kids like i heard someone tell me that like i think there's just and then like i don't know i think it's like just it's complicated mm-hmm. in that way and how do you be a, a good mom and be a performer and tour and there's people who do it like kelly yeah. from the dolly rats like they have two kids like they just go all over and mm-hmm. the kids go with them and like that's great yeah half past two tara has two kids um, you know, pe- people make it happen. I mean, maybe I'm putting more of that on myself. I don't think so. I think that people mom shame. I think when you mm-hmm. become a mom, people expect you to be fully dedicated to that. And you're, if you're still rocking on stage doing Bambi, they'd be like, well, where are your kids? Yeah. I think that that's, that's part of it. I think just, yeah, like who, I don't know. I think I am more caught up in the like looks thing. Cause mm-hmm. I'm, I, grew up being very self-conscious especially like not having like other asian women to look to Mm -hmm. i always felt really bad about myself um so i'm always like well after you have a 
baby, your body changes in a beautiful way, right? Like it should, like you're doing like the most amazing thing. You're like bringing life into this world. But I'm like some asshole on YouTube is going to be like, she got fat, like, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's the thing that sucks. Whereas Mm -hmm. if you're a dude, like people aren't going like, oh, you know, Paul Simon's like fat. Like nobody's fucking, like Like, nobody nobody, (laughs) nobody cares. And I think that's the thing that's like kind of shitty about it where it shouldn't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like Madonna still puts on an amazing show. Like, why are people like making fun of her? You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I saw um, just a few weeks ago, you mentioned Cruel World. I went and I don't know if you were there, if you went. I was um, not. Okay. But I heard it was great. It was great. <laughs> and Blondie performed. And she is fucking rad. She was super rad. She looked super good. She was in this badass pink uh, uh, pantsuit. And she was crushing, and I actually did hear, so there were some people that were like, oh my God, she's so cool. And I did hear some people go like, yeah, she's gotten old. Like, do not talk about Debbie Harry that way. Of course she's gotten old. She's aged. She's a human being. But like, look at her. She's like running back and forth on the stage. Yeah, maybe she can't hit some of these high notes anymore, but hello, she's, it's been like, 35, 40 years since mm-hmm. that song came out. Give a bitch some credit. Right? That's yeah. the thing. I think, And I think that's worse for women than for men. But, oh, but men get it too. I'm not saying oh, yeah. they no, don't. They do. But I think that that is worse. Like I always think like like guys who like take their shirts off during the show and then it's like that becomes your thing. And when you get older, it's like you have to still be the guy who takes a shirt. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just... I don't know, it's strange. These are the things I think about when I'm just like in the shower alone, just being like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> about old men with their shirts off. Yes. I mean. <laughs> oh, Dan, you too? Wow. It's <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> it's because he doesn't have a microphone, so yeah. we, can, we can create any narrative we want for him. <laughs> That's legit why he bought a microphone, I think. Just yeah. so that he could. He can take his. And now I'm talking into back. your microphone. Yeah. So sorry. <laughs> I probably I have I'm so bad for hitting my mouth on (laughs) microphones and then Dan like talks in it later and gets lipstick all over his face. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess on that kind of note, is there any advice you would give to little girls who want to get into music? Yeah, just do it. But because people are going to tell you like, no, or like girls don't play drums or whatever this stupid shit. Mm -hmm. Luckily, like bands like the Linda Linda's now like as a band of like literal teenage girls Mm -hmm. and that's sort of showing people that you can do whatever and be fucking rad and punk rock but yeah I just think there's less young people going to shows than ever before there's less young people starting bands and I think like it's healthy for kids to like be in a band to like learn to work together to you know have a creative outlet Mm -hmm. so I just I just tell any young girls who are like, I want to do what you do. I go, do it. You can do it. And if I can do it, anybody could do it. Like, <laughs> believe me. So, you know, it just, and I hope that people will cultivate that in their kids. You know, I know music can be a big investment, buying, you know, guitars and drum sets and whatever. But mm-hmm. I think if you can, I always say like, I think I would have, I wish I had found it earlier because I would have had a lot more self-confidence, I think. And I would have felt like I belong, like I had an identity where, you know, when you're like 12 and you're like, oh my God, who am I? am I? You know, I think that would have been really helpful to me. So I just, I, I tell kids like, do it, you can do it. So someone needs to tell them they can do it. Like I said earlier, if you don't see it, mm-hmm. then you don't think you can be it. So I think we need more female musicians playing and non-binary musicians playing For sure. and trans yeah. musicians playing. And because like, like you said, if you don't see it, you don't think you can do it. If exactly. You're not being represented. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I, and with like trans musicians, I mean, in the last couple of years, I've seen some people come out as trans and be like so fucking brave and like transition and, you know, in front of their fans. And I just think it's incredibly brave and like mm-hmm. really awesome. And, you know, people are have, are accepting and they just think mm-hmm. it's super cool and then you get like awesome music like transgender dysphoria blues from against me you're like fuck this is a good song it's a great album <laughs> hell yeah you know okay so then you've given us advice you've given us some dirty <laughs> secrets of bambi you've given us you've given us everything really you've the given only us thing some, you uh, information to bash dan with yeah you've time. given yeah. us like, yeah, some always. blackmail material for dan the only thing you haven't given us though is some teasers uh, for Bambi. You know, um, there's people listening, and I, I'm sure they're convinced now because mm-hmm. you're fucking awesome. Thank so you. 
You're too kind. Uh, not usually. No. So <laughs> enjoy it. Take it where you can get it. So are you guys going to be doing some tours? You mentioned the Summer Sizzler. Yeah. So we will be, I don't know when this is going to come out, but next, next Monday. Monday. So we will be in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, we'll be in Seattle July 15th. We'll be in Salem July 16th. And we will be in Portland, July 17th. Um, then we will be playing the Summer Sizzler, which is our big show, our big headliner um, for the summer uh, in Garden Grove, California on August 13th. We have a really awesome lineup, including the return of Suburban Legends. So we're all very excited about that. <laughs> Sorry, those guys <laughs> yeah. are freaking kick-ass. I, yeah. I love them. So we're very, we're, we do too. We're very excited about that. Um, and then can I say, oh, in December we'll be playing... Uh, in Chicago uh, on a day I can't remember off the top of my head. And we'll also (laughs) be playing Baltimore. And if you're clever, you'll realize that there's a lot more tour dates Mm -hmm. around those dates, but I can't say them out loud. So (laughs) stay tuned for that, kids. (laughs) So uh, are there going to be more? And you obviously you don't have to tell us what they are, but do you guys have music Coming soon that we can look forward to. We have Mm -hmm. uh, new music coming uh, very soon. We're actually finishing off uh, the new album uh, next week. I think we're recording the last song. You already did your part. That's why you don't know about that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So we'll be uh, releasing new music, new videos, and then hopefully at some point, probably early next year, we'll actually drop the album on vinyl and do our 24-hour stream that I'm really, really excited about. (laughs) Hell yeah. Yeah. So if people want to creep on your shit, they can... I'm assuming you're on all, I know you're on Spotify because you guys, uh, you've, I've had several yeah. singles of yours appear in my like top 100. Aw, uh, Strippers on a Sunday was definitely on there. Mm. Um, Hot Lava Hot was lava. definitely on there. I think my personal favorite song of your guys is though is uh, Crazy. I love yeah, that one. Oh, thank you. Not because it's about me because it's not. But, but it is. <laughs> No, it bitch is not. I don't <laughs> hang out in people's trees. What's funny is that song was originally. So this is like we're going. Look, sorry, I'm derailing. Nope. Again, but that song, Brian Mashburn wrote that song for this band, Ori Ska Band. They're from Japan, and they were like wanting some new songwriters, and he wrote that song, and it was about like being in love. Mm-hmm. And they ended up going with another song that he'd written and called "A Wonderful World," and that's what they recorded of his. So he was like, "I have this song," and I heard it, and I was like, "Yeah, but like, ugh, there's so many songs about love." Mm-hmm. I was like, what if <laughs> we made it about somebody who's like so in love with somebody else that it's like going too far? Um, and that's how we ended yeah, up with it's that. Hilarious. Like, yeah, she's, she's opening his mail. And like, <laughs> and, but she's like, what I love about it is that character. She's just so calm about it. She's like, yeah. Oh, where's my key? I don't seem to have it. I'll just watch from my tree. It's fine. It's cool. Like. <laughs> She's like the most low-key stalker ever. <laughs> and I, I love mean, it. it's not based off of me stalking anybody, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I, I just wanted something different. You know, you write a lot of songs about love. I'm like, yeah, let's write something weird. So, like Strippers on a Sunday. That's yeah, the greatest yeah. love story of all time. That one was written at like 2 in the morning, and we were like, if this is still funny tomorrow, then we'll send it to everybody else. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. I think that is like... If anybody wants to listen to a, a Bite Me Bambi song, like the Gateway song, to me, that is it. <laughs> really? That's really? I feel like Hot Lava is like... It's the most popular, but I feel like the stripper one, because who the fuck has ever written a song about like like brunch and strippers? And That's like- based off of the fact that my friend group, we would go do these like pub crawls on mm-hmm. Sundays where we'd go to like four or five bars and then we'd always end up at the strip club and we would joke that we were going to titty brunch and, <laughs> titty brunch. <laughs> and we would just go to the strip club after and hang out and whatever. And so that's what that song is uh, inspired by. Well, now I want to do a titty brunch. I know. Damn. Yeah. I, you know, I haven't been to a strip club post pandemic, so I don't know if they still offer buffet uh, lunch, but I'm sure some of them <laughs> do. The one by my house used to have really good sushi. I don't know if they I, still. 
I don't, I don't know. Sushi no, they were club. like known for it. Like oh. people would go to the Venetian, which is now owned by the library. Yeah. Big corporate mm-hmm. strip club coming in, buying out the little guy. Mm-hmm. But the Venetian was known for having exceptional sushi. I, as a vegan, never had it, um, but I hear it was actually very see, good. You heard it. You didn't actually ever taste the fish. Uh, no, the but Tara Han from Half Pat Dan's other band, she Half Past Two, she she confirmed sushi was good. So oh, all right, okay, there and she's yeah. still very much around. So. <laughs> She's got, only, you know, she didn't grow a third eye. No, she didn't like she, turn green. She survived. She like, yeah. She did not report uh, becoming ill. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, you, so yeah. we know you're oh, on Spotify yes, because, I, because I creep on you guys, obviously. Mm-hmm. I just admitted that. So, um, are you on all of the other streaming platforms yes. too? Every possible streaming platform. Okay. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, which we've now started to actually making content. You can watch Dan do the broom challenge on there. <laughs> or not do it. Or not do it. Oh, oh or did he, oh, did he do I it? I guess you'll have to watch the TikTok yeah, to find out. You'll have to wait to find out on that one. Um, and I'm probably going to slap him in the face with a tortilla tomorrow, and that will be on TikTok. <laughs> um, so we're on that. We And then Twitch. Um, Twitch TV, so twitch.tv slash bite me bambi. You can follow us there and then it will alert you when we're streaming. Um, we do it three times a week. Um, yeah. Just we have our own Discord. You can join our Discord. <laughs> oh, the conversations that you probably have in there. Oh yeah. It's really runs the gamut. No, it's a, a mostly about food and pets. Um, we have like channels for that. But like people make suggestions, requests for covers, you know, stuff like that. So that's pretty fun. And then our website, bitemebambi.com. There you go. <sighs> I think that's all of them. <laughs> it's all the ones that the, that, that we're going to tell you about. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm like, you can check out my OnlyFans. Yeah. <laughs> I wish. I wish I was hot enough to have an OnlyFans to make some money. Get Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming out here. Thank you for having me. This was really fun. Sorry, I feel like I just like gabbed and gabbed and gabbed. No, that's why that's you're here, though. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're giving our vocal cords a bit of a rest after... Uh, Recording the last couple days. I've had a lot of coffee today, so. Great. I don't know if I've had any coffee today. Bless. That's amazing. Well, I had a Red Bull, so, I mean. Oh, uh, yeah. That's like our bass player, Ryan. He always drinks Red Bull. I'm like, are you okay? (laughs) The answer is no. (laughs) I am unwell. (laughs) As we say here at Two Salty Broads. Yeah. You know what we also say? If you want to talk shit or if you want to, <laughs> if you want to uh, email us, email us at twosaltybroads at gmail.com. If you have a note for uh, Talina or any of the Bite Me Bambi gang, uh, minus da- uh, Sand Guy Dan, I won't send him anything. You can also uh, email us or you can email them and we'll make sure that they get the message. You can also follow us at, on Instagram and Twitter at Two Salty Broads. I'm Speeda. And I'm Lindsay. Thanks for listening. And remember, stay, stay salty. salty.